Well, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Reshape Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Morgan Nolte, and every week I give you tips and strategies to help you lose weight, to reduce your risk for chronic disease, and age well. This week I'm talking with Sarah Phelps about the concept of shame and resilience when it comes to losing weight and keeping it off. She, she shares a ton of wisdom in this one, and I know you're going to love it. Good morning, Miss Sarah. Good morning, gorgeous. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm really happy this week. You have those weeks, you know, where you're kind of up or down, and this is a good week. Good. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and how are you doing? Uh, I feel pretty determined this week, actually. That's good. We like Yeah, it. I feel like I'm making good strides, so. Good. Okay, well, for the listeners, Sarah and I kind of talked offline a little bit before, and we're going to really focus on um, wrapping up shame today, but focusing on resilience. And I love this topic personally. I know Sarah's done a lot of personal work on resilience and she has a lot of, um, lot of good things to share with you today. But before we get into that, I wanted to do a listener shout out to Dell and he's kind of one of my top fans. He's been with me from the beginning and he sent a Facebook message after Sarah's first video and said, Hi, Morgan. Just watched your and Sarah's first YouTube. I love Sarah's personality and her strong willpower in life. And I'm with you, Del. So I'm really enjoying these talks with you, Sarah. Thanks for kind of just letting me come on your transformation here. I love oh, it. Well, thanks for <laughs> assisting me or yeah. mentoring me towards it. I mean, everything's a two-way street, dude. It is. Yeah. Sarah, and I kind of talked offhand before too about just how much we're enjoying these and how much I'm getting out of it, which leads us into the feel good moment for the week and the eye opener for the week. Cause my eye opener was really based on our conversation last week, but my feel good moment for the week are just the comments that I'm seeing in my course. So if you're new to these videos, I run an online course called how to lose weight after 50 and it's really intellectual and it teaches you the science behind weight loss and insulin resistance and inflammation and habit change. And I'm very intellectual and I was a little bit worried it'd be too intellectual for people, but I'm getting really good feedback about um, that they like learning the science behind why something works. And it's like they're having to re-listen to it. One, one gal said she listened to one masterclass like four times in one morning. And so that made me really happy that people are seeing the value in the information that I've worked so hard to create. Um, and then my eye-opener was from Shane. And I talked a little bit about this last week that shame is my family's go-to way of influencing behavior. And when we want someone to do something, we try to shame them into doing something. And so I've had to catch myself three times this week, shaming my husband specifically related to, you know, I'm a working mom. And I think every single working mom can relate that sometimes we feel like we have to do all the things. And recognizing my husband does a ton, you know, and just to drop the shame, you know, neither of us need it. It's not good. It's not good in any way, shape or form for any relationship. And I think it was an eye opener for me to realize I'm the shamer so much of the time, not to clients because I don't know why I just don't, I don't do that, but to the people closest in my life. And so I've been thinking a lot about what you said, like a positive message coming from a positive person never leaves a negative emotional response inside of you. So I've been trying to catch myself, you know, and hold myself accountable for being a better communicator in my marriage um, and with other family members. So thank you for that. 
appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I guess I have a comment on not using shame in your professional life. Um, why don't you use shame in your professional life? Because it's not appropriate, right? Um, mm -hmm. Is it so? Then you have to think: Is it appropriate in any life? You know, no, it's really um, not. It's, it's an interesting dichotomy that we usually treat our clients and our coworkers better sometimes than our actual close people. So. Yeah, and it shouldn't be like that. But exactly. I think we get so comfortable, and it's such an ingrained habit. And it's like I talk about habit change a lot. They form subconsciously sometimes, but it's still in our control to break those habits and to make conscious decisions about how we're communicating, how we're acting, how we're treating the people that we love most in our lives. Um, so I just really have thought a lot about that. And I've gotten some comments on YouTube and Facebook about how that single phrase was so impactful. So thank you for sharing that. I know you're going to have other phrases that are really impactful for us today about resilience. So yeah. What oh, was your, me. I just talk. Well, you're good at it. But what was your um, kind of, what do we call them? The feel good moment. And then the eye opener for the week. Actually, my feel good moment is from our conversation right before this, when you said, gosh, I really feel like I'm learning a lot from you, almost like you're a life coach. And I'm like, yay. <laughs> yeah. You that know, was a great I, example of it. You know, you're like life coaching me into better communication strategies and a better marriage and other relationships. Well, I don't know about all that, girl. I think you got that on lock. But wow. um, it does lead um, kind of into the other, my kind of eye-opener of the week. Um, I am by no means a mental health professional, um, but I have put some serious work into it. Mm -hmm. um, I was talking to somebody who's known me my entire life, and this person said, hey, you know, not everybody's going to like your videos and really you're just doing that for yourself. So obviously the first reaction I had was, Oh, screw you. I'm not doing this for myself. I'm trying to help other people. And yeah, that's true. Right. I am doing this because, um, I wish somebody had been around when I was a kid, when I was in my twenties and thirties saying to me, Hey, these are skills you're building. These are habits you're building or getting rid of. This is not who you are intrinsically. You know, you can change that. You can make yourself better by building good skills, by being positive. Um, but the truth is, in every selfless act, self is part of it, right? It's right there in the word. Um, it makes me feel good to know that I'm helping people. It makes me feel good yeah. to know that the stuff I've learned in life, the journey I've been on isn't for nothing. Yeah. Um, and I judge that by if I can help other people, that's, I guess, my, my morals, I guess you would say. My values um, is helping other people. Um, so in that sense, sure, this is somewhat selfish, Right. Um, because it makes me feel good to help other people. And I got some really good comments this week that were sent to me privately. I'm not going to share them because they're ultra private, but, um, I want to thank all of you for being so vulnerable with me and I'm absolutely happy to talk to you and help you if I can. And if I can't to, to get you towards someone who can. So, yeah. um, so can that Oh, go ahead. Oh, go go ahead, ahead, babes. 
So when you had that comment from someone that's known you your whole life, and I'm sure you may have taken that as kind of a shameful thing, but you turned it into something positive and that's a skill. So we need to point that out. And I want you to mentally walk through how you do that. So if somebody's on the opposite side, someone's receiving shame from someone that they love and they don't want to accept that shame and they want to become, you know, just move past it. How, what advice do you have for people to, to, to not accept that shame, but also not let it drag them down for the rest of the day or make them second guess their decisions? Right. Um, we are human beings and 95% of us react emotionally immediately, right? So my first reaction when this person said that was, uh, no, and then I got kind of mad and then I was offended that they didn't know me better than that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And to some extent, it was, for this person, it was probably just a comment in passing, Um but it was super impactful to me. So my first bit of advice is to put some distance between you and the actual comment. Um, You don't have to react to something right away. Um, We want to, because Mm -hmm. we want to get, we want conclusion, right? We want closure on that emotion. Um, And if somebody had said that, that I didn't know very well, I would have reacted right away and dismissed it. But this person knows me really well. They're in my absolute inner circle. So I just kind of put some distance in between it and I thought about it and finding perspective is probably one of the number one things you can teach yourself how to do. And all that is, is pulling that statement apart and finding if there's any truth in it at all. You know, yeah, that sounds excessively intellectual and scientific, um, but that's because you've removed the emotion from it. When you stop reacting, you can act, right? Um, The opposite of a reaction is proaction in a lot of cases. So I, I thought about very carefully what this person probably actually meant. Um, And then why I reacted the way I reacted. Um, And it's partially because selfishness is a value that I abhor. So obviously Uh, I don't want to feel like I'm doing something selfish. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, realize that there may not be any truth in the statement Mm -hmm. and then decide what you're going to do about it. You know, in this case, I let it go. I, You know, I just fired off a message to this person saying, hey, I thought about it, you know, and this is where I, this is the, the place I thought it was maybe true. And here's my real motivation. And I let it go. You know, I, that was closure for me and it's enough. Um, When statements are incredibly, incredibly, incredibly hurtful and trigger something in you that feels really negative and gross it's going to take more than that to get you in a peaceful place with it. Um, and maybe it's okay to just reject it. Yeah. I know my mom's told me before, like you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you react. Absolutely. And in my life, I know like I, if someone says something to me, 
similar to how, what this person said to you or makes you feel the same way, my reaction becomes a whole nother deal. Right. You know, and it right. almost makes it worse. So I like that. Just step back, try to take the emotion out of it, give it 24 hours before you respond maybe, and then respond in a way that highlights any truth that was in that statement to validate them, you know, to kind of make them feel better, even if it made you feel bad. And then just to let it go and move on. So, yeah, okay. I, you know, defensiveness exists for a reason. You know, yeah. we need to emotionally defend ourselves. But defensiveness can a lot of times lead to us saying something that turns into escalation. And yeah. boom, now this one off statement that this person said suddenly becomes like actual conflict. Yeah. Now you've got more to think about and you're wasting time on it. You're wasting energy or emotional effort. Not necessary, not needed, you know, protect yourself. Don't defend yourself. It's a little different. So I like that. I yeah. like that. Protect yourself. Don't defend yourself. Okay. Keep going to where you were before I got in with that question. But it made me think a little bit about my week, right? So <laughs> this week was a huge setback. And part of my promise to our viewers was that I'd be really vulnerable. So I'm telling you, this week sucked for me. I was super, I was overcommitted. I was unfocused. I ate at the last minute making bad decisions. I did a lot of things at the last minute making bad decisions. And then I got into a place where I was so exhausted but I couldn't even, I didn't even have leisure time. I just went to sleep, you know, um, sleep is good for your body and your kind of your mental state, but it doesn't do much for your emotional state. Um, besides just maybe adding time, I suppose, but it wasn't a week of health for me. It was a week of constant reaction. Um, this voice is loud. I need to go do something about it right away. This voice needs something right now. I need to go do that. Um, you don't have to react. Um, I, I sat myself down uh, yesterday morning and I was like, yeah, this person wants my time and attention immediately. It had to do with a volunteer opportunity that I have. Um, I, I don't have to do that. I, you yeah, know, maybe get on the job. no train. Yes. The follow through formula. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Sometimes the loudest voices aren't the voices you need to hear. Um, sometimes you need to hear how you're talking to yourself. So, you know, I just kind of gently but firmly told this person, hey, I know you want me to do this eight hours. Yes, eight hours of learning this week. Um, it's not happening. I'm, I, I can parse it out next week uh, into separate days, but this is not my complete focus right now. My number one focus is working on my job. My second focus is working on my health. Everything else is far below that. So uh, yeah, yesterday I, you know, I took time out. I made a very healthy lunch for Tony and I um, got some exercise, spent some self-care time reading, um, these were necessary things to do. So as you know, resilience wise, segue, uh, resilience wise, I was able to bounce myself back into a place of being proactive and, 
Um, I don't like to use the word in control, but let's say um, I'm back to being the ringmaster of my own circus. So um, let's talk about resilience. So when you think about resilience, Ms. Morgan, what do you think? I think, um, on, you know, Dawson really likes Winnie the Pooh. So I think of Tigger bouncing back. Uh, and I think of getting up after you fall down. I think of, there's like a quote on my computer and it says, um, what does it say? Winners, I don't know, fail until they succeed, something like that. Absolutely. And so I think resilience embodies embracing failure and learning from failure and not letting it knock you down and not, it's just like, sometimes you succeed and win and sometimes you don't. And when you don't, you learn from it and you move on. You don't let that drag you down. You don't let it slow you down and you don't let it stop you from pursuing your goals. That's what resilience means to me. One of the quintessential quotes around resilience is when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Take something that's total crap and get something out of it, whatever it is you need. Or margarita. Um, Oh, yeah. Fair enough. (laughs) Uh, When life gives you bottom shelf tequila. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So... I think a lot about resilience because it was by far the hardest thing for me to learn. Really? Um, I grew up being told I needed to be tough. I needed to sort of be immune. I needed to um, sort of be stoic, right? Not react. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty unhealthy. Being tough, being stoic, being immune, being resistant those things aren't being resilient. And I can tell you why, because they're breakable. They're brittle. Um, If you aren't Mm. tough, you're weak. Um, If you aren't stoic, you're over emotional. Every, you know, when something has an opposite, you have to think if I'm not one, I'm the other. Right. So when you have Mm -hmm. a failure or a mistake or something bad happens and you can't be tough anymore, boom, you're weak. And that's your message. That's, how, well, that's what you're saying to yourself. Um, I can't be this, so I'm that. Uh, resilience is different because it's a process. Resilience, um, and I'm going to say it loud for the people in the back, is a skill. It is not a trait. Babies are not resilient. Um, you learn it throughout your life. Uh, and you learn it mostly experientially, right? Um, this totally crap thing happened, but look where I am now. You know, it's a, it's a comparison process. But there are ways to put yourself in a position where it can be intentional. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Um, whew, so I wrote this down so you'll see me glancing to the side because I don't want to miss anything. I think resilience is the most important part of making change Uh, in an organization, uh, in your own life, in your relationship, uh, you will experience setbacks. It is never going to be easy because change is inherently hard. Um, There are evolutionary reasons for that that I'm not going to go into so much, but um, the ability to continue to move forward, even though you've had a setback, is a skill. 
and you can learn it and keep making the process more refined until the messaging you're giving yourself around it stops being negative and starts being deep breath. What can I make out of this crap? You know? So, um, hold on. Not everything is a crisis. Uh, and I get that. Um, there is a huge difference between I didn't diet well this week and I lost my job. There's a huge difference between, you know, I had no intentional exercise this week and someone died. Those are not the same. Um, I think a lot about allowing yourself to break. So stop allowing yourself to break and allow yourself to take a break. Ooh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say and allow yourself to bend, but I like what you said better. Yeah. There, there's a lot of um, – I love that. Stop. What did you say? Say it again for those in the back. Stop, stop letting yourself break and allow yourself to take a break. Um, I love that, Sarah. <laughs> Genius. You know, here you are, you're in, a, like for me, for instance, um, people may not know, you know, I've been in some dark places these last few months. Why? You know, I lost my job and my job is a lot of my identity. It's yeah. also something that sustains our household. So it's feeling kind of crappy. I'm also isolated. I mean, look at all of us right now how stressed we are. We are isolated. We are lonely. We are angry. We're afraid. You know, here's the disease. You know, the economy is not really doing great things. You know, we're reacting to things emotionally. We're in a vulnerable place. Um, I would argue that we're always in a place of vulnerability, but right now it's real close to the surface, isn't it? So one yeah. little thing feels terrible, because we're not, we're putting so much emotional energy towards the current situation in everyone's lives right now. Mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of people who have died or have been hospitalized because of COVID. That is constantly on my mind. So maybe I'm not as able to be resilient as I thought I should be. However, there are things you can do to make yourself more resilient. You don't need to be Teflon. You need to be a colander for a cooking thing. You need to let the negativity flow through you, keep the stuff you need, and let everything else go. Um, I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm suggesting that if you can, if you can achieve that, you, know, you end up with the good stuff, right? And the crap is gone. It's just behind you. So how do we become more resilient? How do we put ourselves in a situation where we at least have some tools around dealing with a tragedy, a setback, a mistake, and something super negative? There are, <laughs> there are endless messages around this. Um, I'm going to give you what I think are the easiest things to do that don't require you to pay a psychiatrist. Number one, flat out, be nice to yourself. You know, next week's, uh, next week's thing is on self-care. And that's part of it. 
but also, you know, are you saying to yourself every day, oh man, if this happened, I don't know what I'd do. Sure you do. You'd move on. Those are your choices. Not move on, move on, period. So you'd move on. So instead of saying, I don't know what I'd do, say, man, if this happened, I would really not be okay with it, but I'd get through it. It's kind of like you, you said before, the words that you say to yourself are very important. And so listening to your internal thoughts and assessing, is this a defeating statement that I'm telling myself or are these empowering words? Because the words that you tell yourself are the most important words. Exactly. So I just wanted to kind of dig a little deeper there and say, listen to your words, determine, are you beating yourself up? Or are you giving yourself grace, which we're going to talk about next week? Right. You know, give yourself some credit. You've been through crap. I don't know anybody who hasn't had something fairly yeah. bad happen to them. Yep. A, a job loss, uh, an injury, something. You've been through crap and here you are, right? You're watching this video. You're thinking about how I can make positive changes. Boom. You did it. You've already done it. Yep. Be nice yeah. to yourself. Like on the daily five habits, you told me, you know, you have to bake positivity into your program. And so every single day we said some, they need to say what went well today, pat yourself on the back every single day. We're so inclined to look at the negative things in our life. And I don't know why it's like, if 95% of your day was great and 5% of your day sucked, what are you going to tell your spouse or your partner in the evenings? You're going to talk about the part that sucked. Right. And we need to shift that focus, you know, just because something went bad doesn't mean the rest of your day was bad. So like, let's focus a little bit more on the positive things going on right now, because there's always going to be negative stuff to focus on. And that doesn't serve us. Then that's perspective, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's taking a second and saying, instead of just verbally having diarrhea on my husband, I'm going to sit and think about, you know, how was my day really? You know, yeah, I had this meeting where I got passed over constantly and nobody talked to me, but I also had these 12 things happen that are, you know, at least positive, if not great. So I want to um, point out one more thing too. Like we're both talking about how was my day. And one thing I've really been trying to focus on is let's forget about my day. Like let's focus on someone else's day. Right. Like let's intentionally ask my husband how his day was and actually listen to his response. I'm so guilty of asking questions and then forgetting to listen. So I'm trying exactly. to be more mindful about that. And I think shifting the attention away from yourself sometimes is a nice, a nice thing. So, yeah. So Dr. Morgan brilliantly and unrehearsedly actually uh, brings up point number two, let other people help you. You know, You've done some good things for people. You've put in the work to build friendships and love relationships. It's okay to allow people that have the energy to put it towards you. There will be times in their lives when something bad happens and you put energy towards them. Reciprocity is what relationships are, you know? Um, let other people care for you. It makes them feel good. It yeah. makes you feel good. Yeah. It is a win-win situation. Yep. Period. Community is what we are about as 
a species. What's an um, example from your life right now of how you're letting someone care for you? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, obviously the, the obvious answer is that you're taking care of me. Um, when I am having a setback, I can talk to you and you yeah. can be like, well, let's find some perspective here. What else did you do? You know? Yeah. I didn't do healthy things all week, but I took my vitamins, drank all my water every day. So that's positive, right? That's yep. a change I've made that I'm sustaining. Yep. So at least, you know, letting yourself do that. Um, Tony, my partner is very, he wants to help, right? He's like many men. <laughs> yeah, well, like many men, he wants to find the answer and the solution. Yeah. Um, because he wants to fix it. Yep. Is that possible? Not really. He can't fix things for me um, unless it's something spider related. Um, however, one thing he does do for me every single night is, you know, he tells me nice things about myself. You know, he's physically affectionate. He usually puts lotion on my feet, which I know is probably too much information. But those are the kinds of things that really sustain you, right? I can count on that every night. So I know my day is going to end well, no matter what. Yep. So that's something, Good. even if it's a teeny little thing. Uh, I have a couple friends who send me cards all the time. Oh, I love that. That's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Getting mail that isn't a freaking bill. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Or spam. Good. Okay. Also, so you know, what other tips do you have for us? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so what other tips do you have so that we don't need a psychiatrist to be more resilient? Don't catastrophize. That's number three. Okay. And this is about perspective, right? Yeah, this thing is crappy. Is it the worst thing that's happened in the history of the planet? No, it is not. Don't make it more than it is. Yes, I understand. If, if somebody dies, it's horrible. I get that. But your focus can either be on their absence in your life or their presence in your life. Don't make it the rest of my life is going to be horrible because this person isn't there. It's probably not, frankly. What you have the option of doing is thinking, Man, am I so lucky I had this person? You know, and that's a pretty extreme example. Most of us aren't dealing yeah. with things like that. But, you know, I had this week where I didn't feel like I got a lot done. I'm not going to catastrophize it. That's not the recipe for the rest of my life. It's just what happened. So, I think a lot of people that with their like diet too if they're not perfect one day they catastrophize it and they're like "Ugh, i'm just gonna start again on monday and i tell people all the time you don't have to be perfect we're after progress not perfection get one percent better every day and eventually it's gonna add up i'm a broken record about that but i hear that a lot people catastrophizing if i said that word right you totally did. Yeah. And perfection is another one of those super brittle things, right? If you aren't perfect, you're a failure. You're broken. You're wrong. Yeah. Something's bad. No. Yeah. If you aren't perfect, you're a person. Um, number four, gratitude journal. Mm -hmm. I realize this feels excessively mechanical. However, Gratitude journal is about finding perspective, perspective, perspective. That's the point of it. Or are you sitting down and saying, oh, yeah, I can find good things about my day. You know, it, you could end the day feeling horrible and have five things in your gratitude journal. What does that tell you about your day? 
you know, where did you put emotional energy towards? Um, you can change your narrative with that positive statement. You know, instead of saying my day was crap, but you know, a couple good things happened said, Hey, these awesome things happened today. And I had this setback, but tomorrow's gonna be great. Mm -hmm. Just writing that statement down is going to change your mind. Yep. And I think that there's a lot of power in physical writing. I don't know if you know this, but, um, I type a lot. I, I, I think faster than I write, but I can type pretty much as fast as I think. And so when I write down, and I've heard from a science perspective, it taps into your subconscious. And so you can access thoughts and feelings and emotions that you can't if you're just typing. And so if you're really, like whenever I'm really struggling or struggling with a thought or struggling to put my thoughts into words, I always go to pencil and paper. And every single time I get insights that I would not get if I was just thinking about it or if I was typing it. So I really like that um, gratitude journal, write it out. It makes you slow down and truly think about it. Absolutely. So here's an area where you and I are very similar. I don't learn well by listening and I don't learn well um, in many other ways. So you will see me taking notes constantly. Yeah. Um, it's not because I don't understand what's going on. It's because if I write the note down, it enforces it and I'll remember it. Yep. Period. Yep. Um, and the last thing is remind yourself of what the purpose was. You know, the purpose of me doing this weight loss journey and these videos and everything, the purpose of it is to help other people and also to get healthier myself so that I can do these things. Sure, I had a setback, but does that mean that none of that's going to happen? No, it doesn't. Yeah. I have a purpose here and I need to stay focused on the purpose and not the steps that are behind me, not the, the step I may have fallen down one. You know, mm -hmm. it, it remind yourself that there's a reason you're doing these things. You're going to work and maybe the day teaches you that you're going to work to make money. Maybe that's the lesson you got from today because nothing else was great. Well, you work today. That means you have X dollars to put into your family's budget and you get to eat again and maybe mm -hmm. buy some clothes or something. It, there's a purpose. Think about why you are doing things in the first place. And stay focused on that instead yeah. of staying focused on the minutiae of every day. Yep, I always say keep your eye on your why. The little sign behind me on my YouTube videos and in my courses, keep your eye on your why. Exactly. Every time I get out and every time I take half an hour to disassemble my son's room and put together my studio to shoot my videos, I have to remind myself, this is why you have learned all of these things because you want to help people lose weight to prevent disease, to show up bigger and bigger and better ways in their life. Like they want to, exactly. but if I only thought about, Oh, I have to take his room apart again. And then I have to put my stuff up and then I have to edit the videos. It's like, I don't ever think that I only, I am so laser focused on my why. And I think that it helps with resilience because then you don't really pay heed to anything that's inconvenient along the way. Right. Matter because your focus exactly. isn't on those things. Give yourself a chance to be strong. Mm -hmm. And focusing on something that's past, because I guarantee you, these bad things are generally in the past. Yeah. Yep. Let yourself be strong and move forward, period. Um, I have a couple of sort of side notes here that are fairly short. One mm -hmm. is there are setbacks that are 
dire. Um, they usually, to me, they usually have things to do with um, something that's extreme, an assault, um, a, a, a disaster, something like a disaster where a lot of things that you that sustain you are just gone. Um, I think about um, people who, you know, get, get abused or assaulted. Those things get help. This video can't fix that. You don't need to be resilient about those things. Yeah. You need to take a minute and talk to someone who can basically wrap you in self-care, wrap you in a sense of purpose and gratitude, and that's usually professional. Uh, for some people, it is a, like a pastor situation, but not all religious professionals are able to deal with things like that. So allow yourself in those kind of situations to get help and get it immediately. The second thing is the idea of feeling sorry for yourself. It's a huge trigger for me. If somebody says to me, you're feeling sorry for yourself, my reaction is going to be immediate and negative because it is literally a PTSD trigger for me. Mm. Um, my words on this is it's okay to feel a little sorry for yourself. You know, acknowledge this thing is not great. I'm not excited about it. I, mm -hmm. it hurt me. It, you know, it may change the landscape of my emotions for quite a long time. Take a minute and let yourself feel sorry for yourself. Wouldn't you feel sorry for someone else if that happened? Yeah, that's a good thing. It's like, well, how would you feel if something, if this thing happened to someone else, how would you react? Right. Allow second, yourself that grace. Day. Yeah. Take a day and hibernate in your pajamas uh, and do something to distract yourself. That's fine. Feeling sorry for yourself is just treating yourself like a person. Mm -hmm. But then you've got to, you've got to move on. Um, not because it's some kind of social stricture, but because moving on allows you to live a life. Yep. When you stop, you stop. Stopping yeah. is not living. Moving is living. Yeah. So that's my little soapbox on that business. Um, I think that remind, like, oh, oh sorry, go ahead, babes. No, you were going to bring up another point. Remind something. Um, a lot of times people talk about finding meaning out of that thing. Um, sometimes the meaning you're finding is that you're able to go on. The thing itself may not have meaning. It, it may just be bad. It, I've never heard that. Bad. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. I, I never heard that. Sometimes things don't mean anything. You know, if somebody dies in a car accident, there's not a greater meaning there and don't try to find one. You know, it, it was bad. That incident was bad. Maybe the meaning is your reaction. So, you know, really to conclude this, I just want to remind people that it's a skill, not a trait. Um, resilience is something you can teach yourself and keep reinforcing it until you get kind of good at it. Um, and that's all right. Next week, um, Dr. Morgan and I are going to have something that feels a little more like a dialogue about taking care of yourself, um, about giving yourself grace, about the role of forgiveness. Um, these are super important, right? And there's a lot of mixed messages about it. Uh, sometimes self-care sucks and it feels like it's onerous and we're going to address that. 
Yep. And I just wanted to point out really quick, I had the thought that resilience and grace, and so this week and next week, are so important for maintenance. Everyone talks about losing weight. I'm, I feel like the only one that's talking about keeping it off. If you want to keep your weight off, you have to be resilient because stressful stuff comes up. Parties and weddings come up. You have to know how to get back on the bandwagon. So that's my little tidbit. But Sarah, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts today. If you yes. guys have any like comments, questions, insights, if you, we want to hear like what you're struggling with and we want to know how you're showing up for yourself, how you're being resilient. So be sure to drop a comment below and we will see you for next week's video. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening today. Be sure that you go and watch the YouTube version of this on my YouTube channel. You can just Google Dr. Morgan Nolte. And if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or my YouTube channel, that would mean the world to me. It helps the content get seen by more people so that it can help more people. I'll talk to you again next week. Bye for now.